Welcome, welcome to a big week of the Security Token Show, folks. We're your hosts. I'm Hurry Konings, my co-founder and host, Kyle Sondland of the Security Token Show. Kyle, it's great to be here. I have no idea how in the world we're going to cover all this news this week, dude. Wow, wow. We've been doing this now for four and a half years, and I don't actually think that we've had a week that had more high-level, military-grade, institutional financial coverage. It really was a, a difficult process since Grip Review getting it all in, but I think we've done a pretty good job. This is a jam-packed episode. I cannot wait to dive in. The industry back in the day, they used to love what we call the fluff updates. You know, something's going on, but it's not exactly going on. No fluff today. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, Kyle, shall we jump right into the token debrief? Let's get into it. And of course, this week we are joined once again by our good friend Jason Barraza from STM. How are you, Jason? Doing great. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining us on the Security Token Show. I'm excited, excited to cover all of this fantastic news. Well, we've got like at least in just this segment alone, like 10 plus different articles to go over. So we tried to break it down as best we could. Let's kick it off with the licenses. All right. So we saw some big news over in Europe, uh, actually, both neighboring countries, one of them my own, <laughs> which we'll save for last. We'll start with Commerce Bank out of Germany. Uh, they announced some big news that they finally have been granted by Boffin, that's the, the, the regulator out there, with a crypto custody license, which they first applied over a year ago in April 2022. Um, so now they are finally ready to go and they are going to be focused on both digital securities and cryptocurrencies, but the focus will remain institutional. Uh, this is definitely a big deal. We already saw a lot of activity coming out of Germany and Commerce Bank is one of their biggest players, now fully licensed, ready to move. Uh, in fact, uh, last year, they, they did highlight a joint venture with the Deutsche Börse, that's the German stock exchange, uh, with 360X, which is basically a, a startup that tokenizes music, art, real estate, and many other uh, properties. So that's definitely all good news. One would assume that custody is going to get tied into that platform. Uh, and before we, we talk about that, I do also want to mention uh, KBC, which is one of Belgium's finest banks, uh, that they have announced a revamp of their Bolero crowdfunding uh, platform to now, of course, utilize blockchain. Now, this isn't your traditional crowdfunding platform, Kyle, Jason, and our audience. This is a actually more of like a lending platform. So you can lend to small to medium enterprises via, you know, kind of, I guess in this case now, tokenized bonds, you know, for a very assumably low minimum investment amount. So very cool to see both those uh, big announcements especially with the fact that they are now licensed. It's a, it's a big deal over in Europe to make those moves. Any, any of you guys have any takeaways on this? Is this, is this just business as usual or, or someone's got something interesting to say here? Yeah, Commerce Bank is a $500 billion German bank. It's the fourth largest bank in Germany. So this is a, a pretty big institutional player getting involved. I think that similarly with a lot of the hype around some of the more regulated products that are coming out to support digital assets. It does kind of seem logical to assume that if you're one of these huge banks and asset managers, 
you would only support this if you were feeling significant adoption with being driven and that there was interest from your private banking clients to support this. They probably wouldn't launch these, these services without that, especially considering just the general market climate. So it is probably a bullish sign that they feel like there are people that are, are interested in, in getting involved in this industry. Really, really cool to see it. Uh, you know, another uh, crypto custody license coming out, joining Swarm Markets, joining Coinbase Germany, Bitco Europe, Vanilla, Tangany, and a couple others. Uh, really just wanted to note as well, you know, to for the incumbents that are regulated, um, you know, they, they don't necessarily need an additional license to custody securities. It is for crypto, right? So two different things, just as DZ Bank, as we all know, has already uh, custodying those tokenized securities. So uh, fine distinction between the license here, but nonetheless, really exciting. And in terms of KBC Bank's Bolero, it's really great to see SMEs also get an opportunity here in the tokenized security space. We've seen this happen in India before and a couple other locations. So congratulations to Belgium for joining the the crowd, tokenized crowdfunding and SME. Uh, yeah. The other license here that I think is is exciting to cover is Cafe Securities in oh, yeah. Taiwan. They they actually also got their first security token offering license. They're launching green <laughs> bonds, which we've seen be a significant driver of adoption, especially in the APAC region. This is specifically, I think, for 30 million yen for 3.5% annual rate. So this is, you know, not only have we seen tokenized securities be a driver of adoption, green bonds have been a, a particular subject of discussion. And now we see another country and jurisdiction getting involved in this type of issuance. But into the new platforms, guys, we do have some other new platforms coming out, some launches that we wanted to cover. The first one was from Standard Charters SC Ventures. They launched the Libera tokenization platform where they're actually tokenizing a Singapore dollar government bond fund. So basically, they're, you know, just like what we've seen from a lot of these different jurisdictions that are launching some sort of bond backed by a treasury or money market fund. This is actually both on Stellar and Ethereum, and it is fully regulated by the Singapore jurisdiction, and they're partnering with Fundbridge Capital, presumably as an underwriter or some sort of liquidity provider. There's also some exciting stuff there. On top of that, Standard Charter just brought their whole blockchain unit together. So this is their inaugural product launch. But the whole Libera platform is something that they see as a strategic expansion into Asia, as well as an opportunity to launch many additional products for governments around the world, as well as bringing all kinds of tokenized investment products to market. And finally, to wrap up what we saw from the new platform launches, CS Pro also launched a Hong Kong platform. Um, and so originally it was Signum Digital. Now it's CS Pro. And they are doing primary issuance and distribution of security token offerings in Hong Kong. So we see multiple different institutional platforms going live. Gentlemen, how do we feel about all of these different uh, product launches coming to market? Congrats to uh, Standard Charger. You know, on this one, I think that it's it's important to note something is that they, they do intend to get some of these rated by a rating agency, right? So increased credibility. And making sure that you know they have a third party coming in and and giving some of that confidence for investors to participate in, so really good for Liberia, uh, you know, being part of Standard Chartered there, um, <clears throat> and then for CS Pro, great to see also, you know, they they have a new license right to do this dealing in securities type one, 
Um, and they're, you know, they held a launch event to make this, you know, again, be viewable by people in person um, and whatnot with Deloitte, InvestaX, Matrixport, and other leaders in attendance from their jurisdictions. Congrats to them. And, That's, yep. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, it's, it's, it's big news. Uh, you're, you're seeing now activity in Europe and Asia, all around the world, new licenses, new platforms, big banks, Standard Chartered itself, over $100 billion. Uh, and assets under management. Uh, CS Pro out of Hong Kong, they got a lot of experience in, in the security and digital asset space and security tokens too now uh, with their goal to tokenize RWAs as, as they're calling it, um, which I think is great. You know, whatever you want to call it, what's happening around the world is clear. We're seeing a push towards tokenization. Absolutely. And moving on to the on-chain repos section of the show here, we have HSBC adopting Broadridge's distri distributed ledger uh, repo solution. You know, HSBC is the second uh, bank to do this, followed, uh, you know, following UBS that started working with Broadridge back in 2021. Um, you know, really cool to see tangible results coming out of Broadridge and their DLR solution here. We've seen them quote a million dollars in savings per 100,000 transactions. Um, and they're doing a trillion dollars in monthly volumes, guys. You know, what do you guys think that this means for HSBC and any others to join the DLR solution at Broadridge? Yeah, I think that this makes a ton of sense. Herwig and I have talked about this on the show with some of our predictions in the past, that it seems like a lot of these institutions are going to see the significant competitive advantage for a lot of these traditional kind of boilerplate financial transactions that then they can do significantly cheaper, significantly faster, and it's only going to dominate market share as these things grow. So I think this is a, an exciting development. We've seen Broadridge really continue to capture this market and drive this industry forward. They've been an innovator in this space and have really helped pioneer something that I think was a difficulty for the security token industry for a while, which was quantifying the benefits of these blockchain style of solutions for an investment bank in terms of dollars and cents, which if you're a financial institution, that's the only language you speak. So that's like the biggest thing that, that I, I took and from this. Most people that aren't in that world really don't care or even understand repo markets. Uh, you know? <laughs> and so you, you love the fact that they're able to cite something like a trillion dollars a month in volume. That's absolutely insane. Uh, I think both Broadridge and JPM, their repo market on chain, you know, are using DLT. If you want to be specific, uh, you know, th that's absolutely a sign of progress within, uh, you know, Wall Street as well as globally. That's what I think is interesting here with Broadridge. The first client that they signed was UBS and now it's HSBC. Those are both, you know, natively not from the United States. Uh, so I think it's very interesting that they are joining in on their repo platform. Uh, that that's a sign of, again, globalization at play here, thanks to tokenization. And I think we'll move into our next bit of big news. Uh, speaking of JP Morgan, they have announced that they are, you know, hitting the holy grail by enabling programmability on the JPM coin. And the first partner has signed up Siemens, which is a major, major uh, I think Fortune 500 company out of Germany. Uh, we have seen that they have actually issued a bond in the past already. So this is not their first foray into tokenization. Uh, but this is a big deal 
uh, especially what we're about to talk about with JP Morgan. But they they have a, a basically admitted that this is the holy grail, quote unquote, because, of course, now this will enable other people to now develop onto their platform. So mm-hmm. in, in many ways, you know, like JPM coin used to be in a way like Bitcoin, in a sense, you just use it, transact with it. Fantastic. They had some applications around it. But now it's like Ethereum where you can actually go in and you're going to actually be able to build on top of this and interact with uh, the JPM coin, which is, of course, built on Onyx uh, by JPM. So this is a really big deal to me, guys. I think we're going to see tons of future announcements from more major banks as well as corporations. That's the big deal here, um, uh, taking advantage of this new platform. Yeah, what do you guys think about this. Yeah, yeah, JPM coin and payments is one of four prongs that Onyx Digital or that Onyx in general at JP Morgan focuses on. And it's you know one of the big use cases for JPM coin will be trade finance, right? And we are expecting to see FedEx and Cargill join Siemens in using JPM coin for payments later this year. So, you know, we're we're in mid-November now, so not too much a, a lot time left for them to announce their participation. Uh, really cool stat from JPM coin is that there's over a billion in payments most days since their launch in 2019. So that's, you know, it's a significant amount, especially on a daily, on a daily basis. And this is going to be for event-based payouts as another use case as well. Um, executing payments based on, you know, margin calls, uh, delivery of assets, goods and services, lots of really cool use cases to see from JPM coin. So congrats to Siemens coming on to uh, JPM coin as one of their first external clients. Yeah, I think this is great. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with waiting to see when JPM coin would onboard an external client. And now we have it. So exciting to see. And into our number one segment here of the token debrief, we're talking about Project Guardian, which is an initiative launched by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. They have been forward thinking on all types of regulatory developments. And this week was no uh, slump in terms of some of this news. Guys, we have four different individual updates here from the Product Guardian platform. First off, we've got JP Morgan and Apollo launching a proof of concept for tokenizing funds. They're using Avalanche and Provenance. They've identified a $400 billion revenue opportunity here from the Onyx digital platform. We've got City that's launching an FX solution on public blockchains through Project Guardian, which is really exciting, leveraging smart contracts and automation. We have cross-border repo transactions from UBS, SBI, and DBS globally going on here across multiple countries, including Japan, Singapore, and Switzerland. And then we also have the Product Guardian expansion coming directly from the Monetary Authority of Singapore itself, announcing that they're going to be breaking into the Global Layer 1 initiative, focusing on those cross-border transactions and global liquidity pools. This in partnership with BNY Mellon, JP Morgan, DBS, and MUFG. So that's a lot of news. What do y'all think is maybe the most impactful? What do you want to highlight on, on some of these developments here? I am a little biased, but my favorite, honestly, would be the JP Morgan and Apollo Future of Wealth Management proof of concept that I have with Crescendo coming on here. You know, wealth management is a $5.5 trillion space, guys. It's it's huge. Lots of opportunity for tokenization to, to overtake for capital markets. Um, and as you know, some of you guys know, you know, before joining security token market, I was in the wealth management space over at B of A. 
And, you know, in that archaic system, you know, we, we've noticed, you know, it's hard to rebalance portfolios for any wealth manager for 100,000 portfolios, for example, monthly rebalancing. They quoted JPM that it involves 3,000 steps. Now with Crescendo, you're able to do this in a few clicks and not just from one fund and one blockchain. It doesn't matter. It depends on the model portfolio that you want, the allocations that you want in a single click you're going to be able to rebalance across those chains and across those funds to be a lot more granular in terms of what you're serving your clients here. So this is really, really exciting for me to see. Um, and not to mention the other part that this enables is that, you know, traditionally people focus on, in the wealth management space, focus on the 60-40 model, right? 60% equities, 40% bonds, and that's about it. But the hardest part to incorporate, or one of the hardest, is alternative investments. Now you're going to be able to tokenize alts and incorporate them into portfolios just as easily. So, Huge, huge congratulations to this. I do want to do a deeper dive and really go through the full report that they've uh, put out to come out you know, with new stats and potentially uh, some predictions on future use cases for JPM and Apollo and everyone involved. But huge congratulations to Wisdom Tree, Oasis Pro Markets, Avalanche, Providence, Axelar, Layer Zero, everyone involved here. Um, this just gets me really, really excited, guys. Yeah. How, how can it not, right? <laughs> uh, that, that's huge, huge news. A mic drop, as I like to say, but really all of it. You know, huge shout out to the MAS, huge shout out to Project Guardian across the board. But you just got to love it when Apollo and JPM come together to prove out this technology. Uh, I also think uh, it shouldn't go unnoticed, the GL1 news, the global layer one. Uh, this is essentially, there isn't too much information around what they released around this, but this is the uh, answer to creating essentially a, I guess, almost like government approved, since it's the MAS, uh, tokenized or blockchain solution for tokenized markets. In fact, Mr. Leong Sing Chiong, hopefully I said that right, who's the managing director uh, for markets and development at the MAS, he said to fully realize the potential of tokenized markets and achieve network effects, a scalable digital infrastructure is needed. GL1 will provide a foundational digital backbone and bring markets together with similar principles of openness and access accessibility as the public internet. Nice. Um, so this is still early days, obviously. Uh, that's probably why there isn't too much information. I'd have to guess this is naturally going to be a permissioned public blockchain because they are absolutely touting the fact that this is going to be open. Uh, so in many ways, you'll be able to go ahead and develop on GL1 and participate in these now future tokenized markets in Singapore. Uh, I think that's absolutely huge because you just you don't see governments getting behind any kind of blockchains, let alone saying we're going to help develop one specifically for our capital markets. I, I think that's huge, guys. Yeah. Uh, we, we're seeing blockchain settlement, atomic swaps, public blockchain, some of these terms that were very, you know, we couldn't talk that much about with respect to financial institutions, not even that long ago. And now it seems like every bank is onboarding this technology. Everyone's trying to understand what's going on here because the benefits speak for themselves. When you're talking about capital cost of capital reductions, you know, you can't turn your head to it after so long. And so it's great to see. It's cool to see some of the, the public blockchains getting some love. Avalanche making headlines here with both the JPM and Apollo, as well as 
in cities, public blockchain trials. So Product Guardian, if you're not paying attention to Singapore, you need to be because this is where all the banks are developing a lot of their new technological solutions. This is where the innovation is happening. And that's why we made it our, our number one piece of, of news here on our token debrief to cover all the amazing things going I on. Mean, Jason's right. We're going to have to probably come up with a, a whole separate segment just to really explain this in detail because there is so much good stuff. I mean, it sounds made up when you say that you've got 3,000 you know, uh, operational touch points that get reduced to just one, uh, you know, click. It, it's, That's it's the truth. It's, it's, it's coming from the most valid source in the world. And it's telling you that tokenization is the future of capital markets. Uh, with that, Jason, why don't we uh, head over and, and hear some updates from our checks? All right. Well, welcome to another Security Token Show interview. This fine Monday morning, we're joined by Simon Barnby from Archex. Simon, how are you today? Hey, Jason. Really good. Thanks. Nice to be speaking to you today. Likewise. Well, thanks for joining us, making the time to share some insights. We noticed the news that come out from you guys, uh, along with Tomorrow Next and Onera, really talking about a theme that's been you know growing this year, which is tokenized money market funds. Can you tell us a bit more about you know what you guys are doing with you know, all together essentially, and what you guys are doing to provide further access to these uh, assets? Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, yeah, exciting news this week. Um, Digital Asset Week took place in London, and and we were there alongside our partners Onira and and uh, Tom Nex, as as you mentioned. I mean, we're, what we're doing. I mean, uh, Aberdeen Asset Management, the large asset manager here in the UK, is an investor in Archax, and uh, we recently tokenized their money market fund. So this is making their multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar, sorry, uh, money market fund available in token form, in US dollars, British pounds, uh, and euros. Uh, so the first time it's kind of been accessible in that sort of tokenized form. And at the uh, show this week, at the conference this week, we did a demo live on stage of a real live transaction. And that was exciting because at so many of these events, there have been many proof of concepts done by ins institutional players, and, and they're great to show some progress. But it's nice to be moving on from proof of concepts to, to real actual transactions. Uh, and live on stage, which is always slightly nerve-wracking, but uh, <laughs> thankfully it all, uh, it all went well, uh, we had a real live client invest real money, 500,000 uh, pounds through the Tomorrow Next platform across the Onira network and into the Archex uh, digital asset ecosystem where it purchased uh, uh, 500,000 pounds worth of the uh, Aberdeen Money Market Fund. So really exciting to show a proper transaction in token form of a real institutional grade regulated asset. Really, really exciting to see that. As you mentioned, you know, proof of concepts versus tangible results, tangible transactions that are happening here and nonetheless live. Um, what were each of your roles within this? I think I read something around the lines of, you know, order routing in terms of the buy side and the sell side. What are each of your roles? Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically for this uh, particular transaction, I mean, the role of Archax, I mean, we have tokenized the money market fund. So we've created the, the token representation of the fund and, and we hold it in our in our uh, digital asset ecosystem. We custody it and we make it available uh, for investment on, on the Archax market. So that we were kind of, I guess, at the heart of the transaction. Then the client, LRC Group, um, they wanted to purchase money market fund assets. Uh, they used 
use the Tomorrow Next sort of OMS, the sort of front end, the order management system. Uh, and that order management system connected them across the Onira network, which uh, connects sort of token, uh, provides token connectivity, if you like, you know, between different uh, firms or participants uh, involved in the digital asset space. Um, and that, uh, that, that investment uh, request was routed across the network through to us here at Archax, where it was satisfied and, and confirmed back to the client. So sort of live on stage, they, uh, as I say, they invested in that money market fund. It all happened within a fraction of the second. So in some ways, it wasn't the most exciting transaction, <laughs> but it was good to see the real, a real transaction take place nonetheless. It's really ironic, right? You, you build up all this hype and then just to have it happen like that fast. But that's what people want to see. People want to yeah. see business settlement. They want to see these transactions happen efficiently. And you guys are making this possible an interoperable ecosystem, um, given the plumbing that you guys are putting together here. Um, so now that you guys have demonstrated this, what are some of the future plans that you have uh, with your technology and, and partnerships together? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a real focus here around real world asset tokenization. So, you know, taking things like money market funds. Uh, we're also working on other uh, funds, real estate funds, for example. We're also working on debt, fixed income instruments. So it's taking these uh, these real world assets and making them available in token form, where you can do different things with them. I mean, again, in the example of the money market funds, you know, you invest in it in in tokenized form, traditionally. You invest in a money market fund, your money is kind of locked away and, and that's it. It sits there earning yield. Uh, in the digital world, you get a token that represents that investment, which you can then do something with. You could yeah. go out to the DeFi space, for example, and uh, borrow against it, lend it. So you have collateral that you can actually utilize rather than locking away funds. So, you know, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of um, possibilities and innovative activities are unlocked by leveraging sort of the, this uh, blockchain DLT technology and creating tokenized representations of real world traditional assets. Real exciting to see collateral mobility happening and being enabled by blockchain technology and and creating utility for some of these traditional assets that previously just didn't exist or weren't possible or were just very difficult to execute. Um, fantastic, Simon. Well, appreciate you coming on. How can people get in touch with you if they want to work with Archex um, or any of your partners as well? Absolutely. No, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me along today. Yes, I mean, www.rchex.com has all the information you need about us and what we're doing and our partners. And to contact me directly is simply simon at rchex.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us and have a great rest of your week, Simon. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jason. Bye bye. All right, Herwig, so we had so much news this week that we actually had to create a second segment here in the show just to talk about the market movements. And we kind of define this segment here as fundraises as well as issuances, but we have quite a, a docket here of just new capital injections into the market. A ton of new capital injections. Kyle, lead us off. What's the most important raise you think that we should be talking about? Well, if we're just talking about in terms of size, it really has to be SBI's new, what they're calling the digital space fund. This mm. is a $660 million investment fund into emerging technologies. They're focusing on Web3, the metaverse, AI, FinTech, healthcare, digital transformation, climate tech, buzzwords. I'm sorry. No, but so SBI is doing some amazing things here. They already have an AI and blockchain fund from 2018 that 
presumably has been very successful. We know SBI has been very active in the blockchain and tokenization space. And now they're not only doubling down, but they're they're you know tripling down with a $660 million investment fund. They attracted both repeat investors and new investors, with as well as bringing in some institutional clientele and LPs as well. So great to see. This is a pretty agnostic fund. So I'd imagine that these, this cash is going to go quick because they've got so many different types of things they can invest in. And there's certainly a lot of companies that need funding right now. But exciting to see that a lot of additional initiatives are going to get more capital to build on their innovations that they're currently working on. That was my number one. No, I, I mean, $660 million dedicated to this space is, it feels like we're, you know, in, in a bull run again. <laughs> that's, that's the type of stuff you start to see. And you want to double down on SBI, right? You, you We also saw that they announced a uh, new fund with Standard Chartered's uh, venture arm, SC Ventures. So there they are again wow. on the show. Uh, this time for a $100 million fund, still, I think, pretty sizable. Uh, and dedicated to the UAE uh, to focus on all things uh, digital assets, of course. So pretty agnostic in, in that sense. But focusing on the UAE, it's SBI and Standard Chartered, two huge names. Uh, and I guess that means SBI, you know, is is helping power now over seven hundred million in fresh capital for the space. So I think that's pretty dang dang cool. Yeah, this one's cool, but also a little bit. Interesting. You, you don't often see a venture fund that goes seed to series C. That's my only question mark is like a series C fundraise, you know, is probably a big check that they're going to need. So that may take up a pretty significant portion of that hundred million allocation. But uh, but very interesting to see what deals they actually end up investing. Well, I like to say agnostic is seed to series C. That is not a very common <laughs> approach to venture. So I definitely agree with you there. But good luck to anybody who's able to close some of those checks. And we'll certainly be on tap for, for where they're deploying so that if you're raising capital for your business or if you're on the other side deploying, you can follow along with where the institutions are moving their money. And there is one more venture fund, Kyle, that we have to, to acknowledge. Yeah. One of my favorites, uh, Morgan Creek's Digital Asset Fund just announced a, a first close of $50 million. So again, fresh injection into the space. I think this is just another sign of, of the what's going to come in 2024, Kyle. Yeah, I, I spoke with Mark recently and he was talking about how their thesis focuses around the ABCD. AI, blockchain, chips, and data. So if you're in that, that emerging tech, deep tech category, definitely reach out to the Morgan Creek team. They're awesome. Um, so great to see. That's definitely going to be deployed into the ecosystem. They do everything across the board. And we also have some fundraises that have happened. So some companies that have been able to get some capital, starting with Finality, which is a wholesale payment and settlement platform. They raised $95 million in a Series B. So this goes back to our last point about Series Cs being pretty large rounds. Finality got 95 in their Series B, and it was led by Goldman Sachs, BNP Paribas, and the DTCC as leading investors, as well as other global banks. And I'm sure there were some other asset managers, VCs, and high net worths in there as well. Their goal is to build this platform, tokenizing central bank dollars, and then providing that settlement and risk reduction on those transactions. And so their main focus is about USD as well as Euro, but presumably they're going to go to other 
currencies as well. And they're working with the Bank of England to launch a new product. So finality is definitely one to watch on the payments infrastructure side. There just aren't too many uh, specifically capital markets focused blockchain companies that have raised $95 million in one go. Um, that's definitely, again, another signal. It's huge congratulations to the team over there. I'm excited to see what they do with it. And moving on, we also saw Credits, which didn't necessarily raise an equity round, but they did announce a $60 million credit facility. And if you're not familiar with Credits, they are one of these RWA protocols that you can tap into. They've already raised, I think it's around $30 million in assets to get exposure to small and, and you know medium-sized businesses uh, in essentially loans. So this is a, an absolutely huge need in the market. They're a global company, although I think they focus on on Latin America. Um, but this is another positive sign that th this isn't even an investment into the company. This is lenders going out and saying, you know what? We love your business model. We love what you're doing. You need capital uh, to help out. Uh, why don't we you know, set up a $60 million credit facility? I think that's huge, huge, huge numbers. Yeah, it's important to see that in this market. We're starting to see more lines of capital opening up for businesses. And in this market, that is desperately or severely needed. Maybe not specifically for credits, but for a lot of companies that need additional runway, getting capital is so, so important to drive that innovation, especially in the fintech space where it's a lot of upfront costs. Into article, the next article we're talking about Superstate. They raised a Series A. So we're going into the earlier stage fundraising now. They got 14 million in their Series A financing, and they're trying to launch some private funds. They're tokenizing investment funds to build a framework that then they can build scalable investment products. The Series A was led by Distributed Global and Coin Fund. And uh, Superstate co-founder Robert Leshner has been involved and emphasized the firm's aim to bring all those on-chain advantages to the programmable and transparent investment products through blockchain, um, but with institutional style of investments. Oh, that's big news. Again, $14 million in a Series A. That is no small amount of cash, folks. I expect them to put it to good use uh, to, to progress the industry. I'm excited to, to see that news. But Kyle... Apart from funds and apart from investments and, and facility, credit facilities, we also have some new token uh, issuances yeah. to talk about. That's why it's the market movements. Um, and I'm going to have to start it off with Denari, uh, which is one of those companies that likes to back shares one-to-one -one, uh, and then tokenize them, obviously, so you can get exposure. Uh, and they have announced five new, as they call them, D-shares uh, opportunities. I assume stands for digital shares or Denari shares. I'll have to... I'll have to check that. But the, the two of note that I definitely want to bring up that I think are very interesting is the first is Coinbase. So now people can get exposed to tokenized Coinbase. Fun fact, even Brian Armstrong at one point in time considered tokenizing the public shares of Coinbase, but recognized and admitted there just simply was no liquidity in this current ecosystem, especially when they were IPOing. But absolutely recognize the benefits of tokenization. And now, I guess in, in one way or another, it did happen because Denari has gone ahead and made that product available. Um, Coin D, as they call it. The other one I think that you will also think is pretty cool, Kyle, is they tokenized uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, so you can now get exposure into you know what is 
mostly seen as you know one of the most successful investment management companies in the world. Warren Buffett uh, behind that, if you if you aren't familiar, is of course well known in his own right for what he succeeded with with Berkshire Hathaway. And now, uh, which I'd be willing to bet that Warren isn't too excited about this technology. <laughs> I don't know, just an opinion. But guess what, bud? Your shares just got tokenized thanks to the out of the bottle, huh? Super cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. I look into I want to do more research on Denari. We we're able obviously able to cover it here for the show. We've seen tokenized stocks been attempted before. Um, and so I'm sure that Denari is not necessarily taking the same approach that we've seen from previous companies trying this, but it has been difficult because of the I don't think it's necessarily an easy process to launch offshore derivative products that are backed one-to-one with U.S. stocks just because I think there's some regulatory components. And so I'm interested in in better understanding how this infrastructure works just to make sure that is it actually redeemable for that share or is this a derivative product, which again, that's fine. It's just a very different investment and it comes with its own risk factor. So interested to check out a little bit more about that structure. Definitely do some research on how these products are put together and what your rights are as an investor. And Herwig, to wrap this up, we've got two last articles in the segment here before we close out what has been a pretty beefy show with our companies of the week here to end it. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about the Obligate product launch with STS Digital. So they announced a structured product that they're calling the Barrier Reserve Convertible, which is linked to Bitcoin as a note. So basically, they're issuing this product on Polygon's blockchain. So we've got another public blockchain here involved, a lot of the usual suspects, and they're creating tailor-made investment solutions for these assets. STS Digital is regulated in Bermuda, so they are, are launching it out of that jurisdiction, and they're trying to bring a what they say is a broad spectrum of digital asset services and possibilities on chain. Again, they're starting with this e-note that's linked to Bitcoin. The terms of this, I wasn't quite as clear on in terms of how this product is exactly structured, but they are bringing a tokenized offering to market, and I felt like it was definitely worth highlighting. Oh, absolutely. We've been tracking Obligate. Uh, and this is a, a big announcement for sure for them. Uh, and last but not least, Kyle, we also saw an announcement from the Philippines, specifically their Bureau of the Treasury. Uh, so this isn't just uh, an asset manager or an investment firm. This is coming direct out of the Philippines. And they are announcing a tokenized bond with the goal of raising $10 billion, which is about $129 <laughs> million. $10 billion. US dollars. You know, obviously, they're... They're targeting Philippine uh, <laughs> currency. But um, this is a big announcement because, of course, this is now a government that is actually endorsing, once again, government bonds uh, as a tokenized uh, investment opportunity. They have a, a platform uh, back in 2020 that they used uh, with for bonds.ph, uh, which so this is you know a sign that they've been very much so uh, focused on this. Oh, no, actually, that was from Thailand. Sorry, I'm reading my notes here. Um, so you're, you're seeing multiple governments get behind uh, tokenized bonds, especially out of Asia. But we saw a lot of uh, work and releases from the BIS and, and many other uh, players as well. Uh, this is huge news, Kyle, to the fact that, again, this is the beauty of tokenization. We're going to get 
access to everything, easy access directly to government bonds, easy access to equities, easy access to fund products and alternative assets and, and everything else. In this case, it is still, I would say, probably a little institutional focus. Their minimum investment is, I think, around 179000 um, So definitely no small number. Uh, I don't know if that's in U.S. dollars or not, so it actually might be. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think this is great news to see. Congratulations to, to the government uh, of the Philippines, uh, the Bureau of the Treasury specifically, for being so forward thinking. Yeah, I think that the other kind of like undertone here is that as these governments become more familiar, we may not see the conversion of all the traditional assets and issuances, but it seems like we're reaching one of those points where every future origination is probably going to have some of this technological capacity involved. And so over time, you're going to see a significant amount of this happening and the market share growing because as the traditional products reach their duration or their maturity, the newly issued products are then going to be leveraging technology. And sooner rather than later, you're going to see more and more of this coming to market. Well, Kyle, what a great first edition of Market Movements. And before we end off our show, we actually have another interview to get to this time with INX. Let's head over to Jason. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, bringing us on here. We are joined this morning with Renata Skoda from INX. Renata, how are you today? Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, last week we touched on the news that you and Republic have extended your deadline for that acquisition. And we wanted to get firsthand account from you. You know, what's your perspective on this? What's the, you know, why is the deadline happening? And what can we expect uh, for the near future between you two? Yes, of course. Um, that is true. Just recently, Republic and INX have extended their um, agreement to move forward and continue working on the, uh, which is now a non-binding term sheet for uh, Republic to acquire INX. We're still going through the, uh, through the process of it. Uh, we've been very focused on uh, integrating the Republic uh, token and launching the Republic token onto the INX's platform for trading, which uh, we're hoping to uh, um, launch by the end of the year, which is very exciting. And that's why, you know, uh, the, the agreements are being extended as well as, I don't know if you saw that, but just uh, today Republic announced that the token will be launching on Avalanche, which is very, very exciting. Um, so, you know, the teams, the, the tech teams on both sides are working really hard to integrate the, uh, the token onto the platform as well as the Republic wallet onto the platform, which will hold the, the Republic token. So there's a lot going on here. You guys have the potential acquisition going on. Um, and that has the extended deadline. But in the meantime, while you guys figure out, you know, the, the intricacies there, we do have an, a wallet, Republic's wallet onboarding onto INX and the R-Note as well. Very interesting. Is there, um, what other um, initiatives does INX have maybe in the next, you know, month or so in terms of listings, exciting news that you guys want to share with your audience? Of course, of course. I think that, you know, the teams are working really hard to build out a very nice portfolio for investments, security token investments on the platform. And for example, hopefully in January, uh, uh, we will be listing Unicoin, which is the coin, the security token coin for Unicorn um, Show. 
very, very exciting, you know, for us to, uh, to list this token. I think it's a great opportunity. It will be exclusively available for trading on INX. Um, so come on in and check it out. Uh, there are other tokens that are in works that I cannot mention the names here yet, but uh, very, very exciting first quarter, uh, what, what should be. Really cool. I mean, it sounds like you guys really are driving this narrative of democratizing finance through Unicoin and also with Republic, which actually brings me to to ask, you know, why of all the different platforms available, you know, why did you guys choose uh, Republic to work so closely with and how does that drive your mission from INX's perspective? Yes. You know, Republic's mission and INX's mission um, are very closely aligned. Both of us are focusing on private capital and opening up liquidity for those securities, for those, uh, for those investments to a everyday investor. Um, so, you know, providing liquidity in a secondary market as well as raising capital on a platform in an open forum is something that's not really available today to everyday individual, you know, investor. And both of us are sort of driving the same um, the same idea to open these kind of markets, these private capital markets to, to general public. So I think the, 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 the alignment and the strategic sort of partnership is very, very closely aligned. And it is a perfect marriage between the two entities where Republic has a great distribution network for these markets. And we can provide the secondary market trading for the tokens once they, uh, the capital is raised. That makes total sense to me, right? They, they bring in essentially that primary issuance standpoint um, and all the audience that they carry as well as you guys transitioning over to the secondary markets. And not to mention, you know, any Republic investors that are not hopping onto INX to trade some of those tokens that are on both um, on both platforms will eventually also get exposure to all the other INX tokens that you guys will be listing and therefore bringing on more investor participation to the secondary markets for tokenized security. So this makes total sense to us here at the STM team. Uh, we appreciate your time, Renata. How can anyone get in touch with you in terms of working with INX, listing securities with you? What's the best way uh, to get in contact? Of course, you can reach us on Telegram. You can reach us on, you know, log on to INX.co and uh, you can see all the investment opportunities. By the way, seven other tokens are raising capital as we speak. Wow. Uh, and uh, we hope that they are successfully, you know, using the, the platform to be able to do that. Um, uh, so if you are interested about the inv investment opportunities, you can always log on to the website and uh, see those uh, firsthand. That's fantastic. Well, you're here to hear uh, directly from INX here on the Security Token Show. Renata, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go ahead and move on to the Companies of the Week segment. <laughs> what a show, Kyle. What a great interview there with, with INX. Thank you, Jason. I think we can finally wrap it up. What a week in news. <laughs> yes. We can't, of course, close the show, Kyle, without our Companies of the Week. This is, of course, when we pick a winner uh, for who made the biggest moves in this space. And I got to say, this might have been the most difficult week ever. We probably could have given it to five or 10 different companies, but we're not going to cheat, right, Kyle? Uh, tell us, who did you pick out of this incredible week? 
despite all the amazing innovations that were going on this week, I think we saw so many institutions that are launching new products, which is so exciting and not to undervalue that. But the reality is here that they're trying to also recapitalize that with whether they're private bank clients or an underwriter or something like that. So, you know, for in some regards, this is relatively baked for them. It's not an incredibly huge capital lift, presumably, especially if they're working with some of these larger governments, perhaps some of this is subsidized. So what I wanted to put a focus on is one of the biggest problems that we've seen throughout the industry, which is building liquidity in these markets. And liquidity comes with injecting fresh capital, not just resources, but fresh capital into these markets, especially for some of these earlier stage innovators that are driving a lot of this adoption, that are paving the path for some of these more conservative institutions to come in once that that path has been proven. And so I wanted to give my company of the week here to SBI because they're launching this digital space fund, which is a $660 million fund investing in all of these new technologies. They've done a JV investment product with Standard Charters, SC Ventures, it's another $100 million investment product. And then they're also leveraging these repo transactions and money market things, which is bank liquidity. And that's providing institutional liquidity across different banks. So they're really trying to provide a lot of that capital flow that I think is so important for this ecosystem to actually thrive is to have that fresh capital and that money moving in a frictionless way. It seems like SBI is, is really trying to lead the way in that regard. Uh, and, and and they've been a leader in Japan. You know, SBI has been very forward thinking on tokenization uh, from the very beginning. Uh, but to come out with three separate announcements in the same week, I, I think that's absolutely uh, award worthy. So that makes a lot of sense, Kyle. I, I can't wait to see how they put that money to work. How about you, man? Well, um, you know, again, very difficult. I, I thought about being a little cheeky, but it, it, I'd be remiss not to give it to JP Morgan. Mm. Um, ultimately, their Onyx division has been, you know, some of the most innovative products in the space that we've seen to date. They do things their way, their pace. Some people are critical, uh, but to me, it is absolutely what is making the biggest impact on the space. This announcement with Apollo is going to have people talking through the end of the year, uh, in my opinion. And this very well might be the reason right here that they win company of the year. Uh, I think that's why I have to give it to them, <laughs> uh, specifically their Onyx division, their whole team, some of the most savvy people I have met in the space. They are making it happen. Highly encourage everybody to go read the, the white paper that they put out for Project Guardian, the work that they did with Apollo. Uh, it is it is extremely illuminating. There's some great punchlines in there about efficiencies and savings. Uh, I just had to give it to, to JP Morgan, to Onyx, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, they've been trailblazing this industry. As I just made a joke, they want our company of the year for 2022 because of the Onyx platform and how successful they've been. And they've kept that momentum by launching some of the biggest, most innovative products of 23 as well. So they have been a huge forward thinking company. It's great to see they're now working with external institutions as well with their JPM coin. I'm sure they already were in trials, but now it's a little bit more forward facing. It's now a public style of initiative. Hopefully we see that continue to increase with their their member banks, but it's great to see JP Morgan continuing to lead the way. Well, well, only one way to find out if they can keep that title 
two years running uh, by tuning in all the way through to the uh, beginning of next year where we'll announce our winner. But with that, you're going to have to wait and catch us again next Monday and find out another uh, potential winner. Uh, and of course, in the meantime, check out stm.co. We've got all of the latest information that you need for the tokenization space, your one-stop shop. Uh, and in the meantime, I want to wish you happy tokenizing. Thank you.